0: Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking.
1: Where there's a will, there's a way. If you want to accomplish something, figure it out. Go and do it. It's a pretty crass, I think, like theory, but I think people in this world are either assets or pylons. I did get selected for one World Cup. I did get selected for one World Championships, and I had done nationals. So in my fourth ever race, I was selected for the Olympic Games, and we won bronze.
0: That's insane. (laughs) I know. That is awesome. I actually didn't know that story. It's pretty wild. It's pretty dang wild. This is Alex. You are listening to the Afternoon Snack podcast, which you probably already know. Today, we have on a very special guest, Georgia Simmerling, a good friend of mine, a literal superstar athlete, an all-around great person with a refreshing perspective on sport, identity, overcoming adversity, and doing what it takes to get what you want. If you're going to take advice or be inspired by anyone, is Georgia. She's a four-time Olympian in three different sports. She now owns and runs a female-powered sports agency and is head of partnerships for Project 8, whose current endeavor is to start a Canadian women's soccer league. This episode's really fun and unlike anything that we have ever recorded, with a guest so far. I think you're really going to like it, so much so that this is just part one. Welcome, Georgia. How is the bike ride over?
1: Really windy, actually. I forgot how darn windy Calgary is. Yeah.
0: It's not like Lethbridge,
1: though oh i don't know it i guess is lethbridge super windy i think
2: it's the windiest city
0: in north
1: america oh okay but i calgary's got to be top three it's be 100%. <laughs>
0: yeah. i sometimes you know where we ran the other day along bonus yeah. it always blows the same direction Yeah, so exactly if you go out and back it's like you're either with the wind and you're flying let's just say, say i around. was against it coming here <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's fair. Did you ride along the highway? I took a very circuitous route actually, which I realized I shouldn't have. What like listened to my Garmin like point? I just plugged it in my Garmin computer because you guys are like a bit out in little you know the suburbs. Yeah. I just followed, and I was like, "Are you kidding? I could have come a way more direct route. It was safer, like more bike paths. There was one road that was with the wind, and I flew. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have
0: a lot on tap today. We're gonna let's get to it. Start with. Just a little bit of a background. So I was thinking if you could cover...
2: But I'm just going to pull up George's Wikipedia.
1: Where oh you're from. God. Start
0: with where you're from, because does Wikipedia say where you're from? I'm not sure.
1: I don't Maybe. even know where you're from. Are you from the East or the West? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Alex Parker. I have a ton of friends. I'm like, I'm I'm a West coaster. Okay. okay. I am. Uh, I'm from Vancouver. I'm from the North Shore of okay. Vancouver. West Vancouver. Born and raised. I spent my family cottage, has a, or my family's place in the East, and I skied out in the East. So people kind of think I'm like a pseudo East Coaster.
0: Many of our memories are out on the East Coast. So I got a little confused. Yeah, we got to go. We got to take it back. Yeah, because you were a member of the BC ski team when I was a member of the Alberta team. Mm-hmm. Became very good friends when we were on the same like 2010 Canadian development team. Yes. That was a good
1: time. I think that's when <laughs> we really bonded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we. I think, honestly, there was 12... Girls across the country on that team in the hopes of some of us making it to go to the Olympics before 2010 Games when Vancouver was hosting. I bet a lot of the 12 girls say their most fun summer was one of those summers. 100%. So yeah. we spent the whole summer in Fernie. Working out really hard. Yeah. Partying really hard. <laughs> yeah. Puking. Puking both in workouts and partying. Yeah. And somehow waking up and doing it all over again i know we were just
0: talking I, sometimes when i were driving around fernie because we have a place there now yep. i think about that and i think remember <laughs> rafting down the river yes. and stuff I'm like I was just telling Meredith, we used to party Friday and Saturday night. Both nights. Nice. And then, like, show up on Monday and be totally fine for a triple day. And I'm like, how did we do that? I, mean, I think about it too. I'm glad you had
2: that summer. It's the only reason why I ever went to Fernie and why we own a place.
0: Yeah, that was a really good time. I have a very distinct memory of you oh, no. crossing the highway, no hands on your
1: bike. <laughs> That is something I would do. That <laughs> yeah, that, that that checks out. That is something I probably would do. So we
0: go way back because that was basically when I was, I think, 17. I was going
1: to say 17 or 18. And then I was like, I don't want to go to the Olympics.
0: <laughs> I could, but I don't want to. I could, but I'm not going <laughs> to. And then I went to school and you carried on and had on. quite
1: the Olympic career. Yeah. Should we get into it? Go for it. So yeah, went to 2010 representing Canada for alpine skiing in the sport that we met in. And then, yeah, I had a pretty... I I consider it like a roller coaster. 2010, it was in my home backyard. So from Vancouver, competing in front of, you know, family and friends. An experience that a lot of athletes actually around the world don't get to experience because the Olympics are clearly, you know, worldwide and an experience of a lifetime i ended up competing in the super G event i was on board to do the women's downhill and the women's super G kind of a whole story in itself but between a lot of missed training runs due to weather a ton of injuries in the lead up to that women's downhill my coaches pulled me about like six minutes before my start time for the women's downhill so it was uh, an emotional roller coaster to say the least that was like you know the night before we had you know the coaches meeting and there's the, they said okay you're not gonna raise You've only done one training run, and everyone had only done one at the time. And, and I said, okay. So I call my family, my, saying I'm not racing, and then they had another coach's meeting in the same night, like literally all within an hour. And they're like, okay, you are going to race now. And so I'm like calling my family again. My brother's like deciding. To drive up or not drive up from Vancouver, ridiculous. It, and the same thing, like flip flop the next day. All leading up to me not racing in the women's downhill. And like
0: downhill's intense. Oh my like God, that's
1: an emotional. Holy, I, honest, it's like it's annoying. Honest, it was just ridiculous. So, did you want to race? I did. Like, oh my God, yeah, absolutely. I okay. was like, what? Well, but it was. It, it was more like just let me know. Just tell me if I'm going to do do that to, to, to race to to like let me get my psyche in this state of mind that I need to to be in in, yeah. in order to go 120 kilometers an hour. Yeah. So- for our listeners
0: out there, downhill is like the ski racing, the ultimate of ski racing. It's like you're basically going straight down the mountain. Yeah. So, I mean, like if, if you imagine ski racing, that's it.
1: Like you're off jumps and stuff, full downhill suit. Oh, yeah. And then what else? After 2010, I think I competed for one more year and then, or honestly, I get my years mixed up. I really do. I saw this other crazy sport and I said, I think this has more of my personality in and around it. And more likelihood of crashing. Yeah. You joy. Know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Albeit very fun and, and scary and, and adrenaline pumping. And yeah. So that sport was. Ski cross. Many folks probably don't know what ski cross is. It's essentially like roller derby on skis. So there's four racers at a time, and girls are batshit crazy. So let, let's let's be clear. We know that already. So I date one. So exactly. I do know that. Yep. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so what? Like what is that? I'm not great at math, but that's like eight poles, eight arms, eight skis that are with very sharp edges, sing down a mountain, down a course, over big big jumps, and the fastest two skiers move on to the next heat, to the next round. So I saw this sport and it was new at the time it was it was 2010 was its debut in the olympics so i knew a lot of the people in the sport and you did too kelsey sirwell one of our dear friends and
0: like a lot of alpiners mm-hmm. who were just really good skiers really mm-hmm. good free skiers a lot of people from like bc alberta it seemed mm-hmm, like people mm-hmm. who are used to like bigger mountain going off jumps absolutely transition to ski cross yes
1: totally so i i, I don't know why. i think i called kelsey up and i was like hey what's this sport all about? I think at the same time, her coach, who knew my mom, called my mom and said, we want Georgia to try out this sport. And my, I think I'm, I remember my mom getting off the phone and being like angry because she was like, <laughs> they're not poaching my daughter at this sport because <laughs> it, it was pretty kind of like out there, kind of crazy at the time in the whole like Alpine community. And then I was like, mom, I got to go. But I remember kind of being like angry, a little bit like shit. Like, I can't tell you either way but yeah it was kind of funny so then long story short i ended up on that national team and went to my next olympic games in 2014 obviously that was you know there's a, a challenging road to get there but a lot of ups and downs a lot of injuries even early on in my ski cross days like a lot yeah um, we'll have to circle back yeah we, we might <laughs> um yeah broken neck broken back can you bruise your heart once uh i don't believe that's factual. Okay, Okay. I think I, I, (laughs) maybe you might've, I think maybe like I had an EK. You almost bit your tongue off. Oh, twice. That happened. Yeah, that is factual. I I know that happened. happened. Oh yeah, I'll show you my, yeah. Oh yeah, facts. I've big scars across my tongue. But the sport, I loved. I truly loved the sport. It was, I was really fast, but I wasn't great at controlling my speed off these very massive big jumps. So that was what, Aided to a lot of injuries, and there was no development team at the time. Now there is like a very robust provincial kind of system that athletes go up, kind of up the ranks to the There's national like team. doing it. Oh yeah, absolutely, right. totally. But there wasn't at the time when I tried it. So they just like put me on the national team because I was <laughs> technically fast. I mean, I was fast, but I just wasn't very They're like. Controlled. You got skis? Yeah. You yeah got exactly. A helmet. Yeah, exactly. Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I think in like my second ever race, I broke my neck right up, broken. <laughs> Shattered some vertebrae. (laughs) So then you're like, I'm still in. I remember
0: you went off a jump once, a drop with a bunch of boys Mm -hmm. out of bounds. So when was that? That was a teenager.
1: That would have been before the national team. I was like 16 years old, 16 or 17, probably the year before we we met. Yeah. I was on, I was racing on the club out of Quebec. So I didn't make the provincial team my first year. And so I went and skied out in Quebec. And my mom was like, my parents were like, yeah, go learn French, go ski with other athletes and like kind of get out get out of your comfort zone, which I very much did as a young teenager. And yeah, we were skiing in Chile at the time and we did not know we were out of bounds. There's like the asterisk to the story. And I like just thought I was hitting a small little like pillowy powdery jump. I ended up skiing over a crevasse and it was a very flat landing and went munch from to with my jaw to my knee. That's the first time we've used the word munch on the podcast. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting context. (laughs)
0: Okay, so you went munch. Yeah, munch. Your jaw, your chin on the shattered top of your- nine
1: teeth, nine compound fractured my jaw, bone was exposed in one place, shattered it in two places though under right by my ear as well, and oh, a few of my teammates. I was with a couple boys, you know, we're like 16 years old. They ski down to me, they look at me. And they immediately start crying.
0: Oh, I wasn't crying yet. I remember yet. that part of the story and I have a horrible
1: memory. That's like how much it stuck yeah. with me. I'm like, uh, okay, let's sort this out.
2: Isn't that helpful?
1: Not helpful. So we were out of bounds. I had to put my skis back on. They gave me a pile of snow. I had to like put it on the wound, if you will, which is like a bloody mess. We had to get my skis back on and ski out of bounds for like 30 minutes I mean, you know, it was like over a decade ago. It could have been 15, but it felt like a very, very yeah. long time. We had to hike up to get to the main run. Like, and then I remember skiing out of bounds and we, being like, wait. <laughs> and then they're like, what? And, and I would go like this, like, <laughs> and spew teeth, multiple teeth were spewing out of i kid you not like this, this these are facts <laughs> this
2: makes the ski story that i told a few weeks ago just sound like so vanilla yeah merida
0: took her skis off on a cat track and like sunk I did. oh was
2: like, but, i mean what do i have to complain about
0: <laughs> yeah. like, any... you really were putting things in perspective yeah. wait so like what was the
1: what was the climax of that story the
2: climax of the story was i
1: was that no she was mad at me. me yeah
2: no one had told me how to like walk up the hill okay
1: the like sidestep yeah okay yeah. Up, which i sure. didn't think was something that needed to be taught fair enough i'm not gonna i'm not getting in the middle of this I know, I
2: know. so alex was like just just you can take your skis off and walk and
1: oh, like, oh it, but perfect. it was really powdery
2: it wasn't even. it was like it looked packed and so i took my skis off a step and i was like up to my <laughs> pelvis
0: yeah
2: and she had skied off and i was like <laughs> i
1: unhelpful sure yeah, similar
0: pretty I, took, I don't like to overcoach, oh so yeah. I'm like,
1: really, <laughs> you're gonna live, you're gonna, you know, learn as you go, out. figure yeah. it out, learn as you go.
2: But yeah, I mean, now that I'm hearing that, I just I feel like maybe that wasn't worth that one on the
0: podcast. <laughs> so you, and then did you crash at all alpine skiing?
1: Oh yes, many many times. <laughs> I mean, like, like um, the sky blue. <laughs> yeah. I mean nothing like. So when people tell me. And I really hope this is like a motivational kind of message out there. Take it as you wish though. When people tell me that like they've torn their MCL, I actually, I have zero sympathy for them. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Cause I'm like, you're good. You can fix that. You can get over it. You know, it's called a, one of those casts or whatever for six weeks and a little rehab in your MCL is probably good to go. All that to say is like, yeah. Torn my MCLs many, many times. <laughs> a few concussions, a few bone bruising. Um,
2: no heart bruising, though.
1: No. Okay. You, I don't know. You were, were you ever induced into a coma? I was on a breathing machine when my tongue was super swollen. Okay. And I think they had to check my heart. Yeah. I think I, you okay. were on the team at that point. Yeah. yeah. In the, there was a downhill and I bit my tongue. Yeah. I think, weren't you, were you around for those yeah, days? Yeah, I were. remember that. Yeah. Obviously we're, not with the correct facts. Yeah, it's but <laughs> close enough, close enough. So, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way. If you want to get over something, you can get over it. Yeah, I truly. Like, I, I really think that's like an overarching message that I always tried to share. Throughout the like the course of my many injuries, because we were like, how have you accomplished and, and overcome so many injuries? It's like, honestly, the power of the mind is an incredible thing. And we all underestimate it to the nth degree.
0: So when you get injured, are
1: you just like, okay, what do I have to do to get back? I always give myself like a timeline to be sulky, to be pissed, to be angry, to be sad. And that can fluctuate, you know, with the broken neck and being very, very incapable of any type of physical like activity or, or even like, you know, getting a shirt on, I needed help. You know, that may take mentally longer than like, breaking a wrist or something or shattering a wrist which I've done because then because I'm somewhat functional you know what I mean and my timeline may be very different to yours so giving yourself a timeline to like just accept where you're at I think the number one thing with injuries is acceptance like you are not where you were a couple months ago your body is going to change and you need to accept that you're like the path moving forward in your like your daily life your daily like regime is going to be different so acceptance I think is really number one giving yourself of a timeline of like being pissed off, being angry, like with yourself, with the world, whatever, and then getting over that and understanding what you need to do to be the best you can be and to come out of that injury and like understanding the end goal and then working your way back and working on the daily, really mundane, boring things that are going to get you there. because. What excites me when I, and I always kind of remember this and I, it's like, it kind of, it's hard to put myself mentally back into those times. But when I like look at old videos and stuff of like rehab, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm actually happy because I was accomplishing things daily and accomplishing things is freaking awesome. Like it feels yeah. good. It's good for our bodies. Right. So accomplishing, like learning how to walk again, accomplish it. sounds crazy, but I remember like the first time I was, I broke both of my legs and tore every ligament in my knee. And like four leg surgeries later, I had to learn how to walk, learn how to and get on a bike again. And I remember the day that I was able to get my feet spinning around the cranks on a stationary bike was like, I mean, it's going to make me cry. It was yeah. like one of the best days of my life because yeah. I was able to see not only like get my legs moving, but the numbers on the screen <laughs> lit up <laughs> they, they came yeah. on they came to life yeah. it was just amazing so like it's like the daily accomplishments
2: yeah and it's like <clears> even <throat> in moments like that you can use that change in perspective to have a lot of purpose in something that on paper looks like you know a fraction of what you were doing before mm-hmm. it's really like you have to have purpose and anything that you do, including really gnarly
1: recoveries. I think that's it. It's purpose. It's it's like understanding you have a new purpose. Like your purpose is not to beat your PR of whatever it may be. It's actually to heal your body. And that it's not just the physical things that you need to do on a daily task to to heal your body it's actually like mental and then nutrition is of course a clearly a really important thing like whenever i was injured i was like you're not going to get fat i just like always told myself like you're not going to get fat and yeah. maybe got like too skinny a few times i'm sure we'll get into that later but i i just remember feeling healthy like yeah. while i was injured and that take that took a lot of mental Strength, because I'm like a very food-focused person.
2: Yeah. Well, that's like a really common question that we get when people face injuries. Is like, well, how do I eat? I'm like, well, you do still need to eat. Like, the yes, body doesn't heal on hopes and dreams. And Absolutely. Wishes. Like, there's this kind of natural inclination to say, like, well, I'm not training as much. I'm not working out with the same intensity, so I shouldn't eat. And that's like one of the biggest mistakes that you can make in recovery. Totally.
1: Yeah. Well, you just have to eat. You know, relative to yeah, it's pretty i mean you guys know this more than i do it's like calories in calories out yeah. i'm sure there's like a little more science to it than that but. that's the gist of it yeah, that's pretty, even though people yeah. want to believe something else yeah.
2: <laughs> you don't want to stop paying attention to your
0: nutrition you you're like, still do a lot of calories out even if you're not like skiing every day absolutely I mean your body needs calories to function and then also like Meredith said to heal yeah like I I was
1: in rehab for like five hours a day when I was on crutches because so it's it's like the longer the more acute I was injured the longer my rehab days would be because everything's so slow
2: anytime you injure something like really like fine motor hands Mm -hmm. back that takes forever Mm -hmm. compared to like a knee. I mean, a knee takes a long time too, mm-hmm. but you can only do so much with extremities.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what was really interesting with, sorry, yeah, definitely fast forwarding, but with my latest, one of like the most challenging injuries was was my broken legs. And yes, I broke both at the same time. That um, was in ski cross. That was in ski cross. That was okay. my last race ever, unfortunately, going down <laughs> ski cross. There track. was one yeah. photo of you I've seen this photo. crossing oh. the finish line and you were crashing. Oh, that was not the, the, that crash. That was... I think I sprained heavily both thumbs once, and I think it was that crash. Okay, so... I, like, to, somehow went through... Yeah, <laughs> to, if there was visuals to, here. <laughs> to back up
0: and then get to the most difficult injury. What was, like, in somewhat chronological... Oh, gosh. ...from ski cross, like, what happened? So you crashed the second injuries? race of the of switching to that sport. Yeah. What ha- and you broke your neck. Correct. Anything
1: else? Well, I, I technically broke my back as well because I, I broke three vertebrae or, like, shattered three vertebrae, so cervical seven, C seven, and then I missed somehow missed T one and and then I broke T two and T three. So my th- so upper thoracic. And when you
0: crash were you like, oh shit. Like oh I'm yeah. not okay.
1: Well so okay. So Kelsey Kelsey ingrained in me when I like love her to bits was learning the sport so this was a, a very close friend of both of ours in alpine skiing she switched over three years prior to, to me switching over to ski cross and like really taught me the ropes like from a she's like from a, gold medal oh yeah Olympic, multi- gold Olympic gold medalist Olympic gold silver world champion Games. globe X Games yeah like she has all, yeah. all the accolades
2: so she, she's okay
1: oh yeah she's alright and, and a truly she's amazing she's not a person.
2: great singer <laughs>
0: you know? I remember she used to sing all the time like randomly just sing and I was like stop singing <laughs> But yes, oh love God. her to bits. She's awesome.
1: Yes. So uh, she used to always tell me like in ski cross, always keep going. Like you never know <laughs> when there's when there's a crash. So if you crash at the top of the course, you always keep going because there could be a crash lower yeah. down and you could like pass people that have crashed and then you can keep going and then maybe advance. So you just never know. So when I crashed, I crashed really hard i didn't actually concuss myself that injury and so i remember like falling and getting up and like looking for my equipment oh my moving my head and being like oh fuck excuse my language and like i think i remember then like sitting down and like slowly i uh, it was a blur but i think like slowly lying back down and the the pain in like the upper you know neck area yeah was excruciating so i was like i don't think we're gonna be passing anyone <laughs> today <laughs> i think the day's done, <laughs> we're done i think yeah i think they're i think we're done
0: <laughs> yeah and oh, then
1: man. i mean it was a like full-on body brace from like the neck to the lower um yeah to like my hips essentially honestly the legs was long like a really long recovery but the neck was really a mental it was a that was a mental struggle like because you're so injured. I mean, you're injured with broken legs, but like, I don't know, there was just something like, you know, clearly the, the chance of me paralyzing myself was was very high. It affected my family. It affected me. Like it just was, there was another level to it. And I was to some degree more incapable of, of doing things on my own. So it was a, it was a challenge. I remember for sure. Yeah. And then after that, Oh my god! Was the, you mentioned a, a couple of. I mean, wrists. I shattered my wrist. So I shattered my wrist and had like uh, two plates. I think it broke it in like five places, and that was early on when the spark had ignited of me becoming a summer Olympian. Was that before the legs or after? after? No, no, but well before, well before. Okay, yep. many a couple of years before. Okay, I I think the summer before I had said to myself when it was when I broke my neck. For some reason, it was probably the Vicodin speaking, <laughs> I thought to myself, why can't I become a summer Olympian? I was very much a winter athlete throughout the course of my career. Like I was a ski racer through and through, you know, pretty confident in other sports. I played a lot of sports growing up, but ski racing was my sport and my ticket to the Olympics. I had been once and I was on, on track to going to 2014 for ski cross in Sochi, Russia. Again, it was probably the Vicodin. And I remember thinking, why can't I become a summer Olympian? And funny enough, that's like very serendipitous. But the Women's World Cup of Soccer was happening in Vancouver of 2015. And my now fiance was playing in that World Cup. And I knew some some of the girls on the national team, some of Steph's teammates. Steph Labe. And if like, you're <laughs> not Canadian. You might not
0: remember. But she won Olympic gold in so I guess it was 2021, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was the exactly. 2020 Olympics. Yeah, yeah. And basically, like, what do we call her here in Canada?
1: Minister of Defense. Minister
0: of <laughs> Defense. Basically, yeah. I remember watching that game.
1: Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. yeah so the she's... girl made a lot of PK saves, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. yeah, it was... oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, another one. Another <laughs> one. Exactly. It was a lot. I know what music we should play in the background of that one. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so yeah. Georgia and Steph
0: compete with us for power couple. I don't know, like uh, if I Olympic win. gold medals count for much, then they count for a lot and yeah. they take the cake, Look, but we'll keep fighting. We're like, <laughs> JV power couple, Okay. Thank you. Okay, oh, fine. Sorry for putting myself in the same league as you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry I
0: compared myself to two Olympians. <laughs> Do you ever compare yourselves to each other? Dev has more medals than you.
1: Oh, yeah. My friends remind me that on a daily okay. basis. I'm sorry. We, we had a barbecue a couple of weeks ago and a friend of my friends, uh, yeah, who I actually, had a long story, I'd, I'd, I'd known this girl for many, many years and we like knew, we had a mutual friend. I hadn't seen her in like decades. She came over. She's like, Georgia, so like, can you show us your other medal? And I'm like, Becca, fuck off. <laughs> on, I man. only have one. <laughs> referring to Olympic medals. <laughs> oh, yeah yeah. A couple she had, had a couple of drinks. And she's like, So no, no, so we're like, where's your other one? I'm like, I only have one, you fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it was pretty funny. She's like, Yeah, Steph's showing us her gold medal, which is way nicer than your bronze, by the way. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty funny. Made made me laugh. Yeah, anyway, I wanted to go to the Summer Olympics. I paid pretty much Told myself like why can't I do it, and which is a crazy thought, but that's really like where my head went. Head went it was like why can't I, and if if I don't, I'll end up doing something that I'm loving, like and and that's continuing the path of ski cross. So it kind of started there, and it actually started with a sport of rowing. I got into a single skull, which is like a single boat, which is extremely tippy. If you have ever, oh, yeah. oh my god, it's I was not. Ask if you went in the drink the first time you were out hundred oh, oh, yeah. percent. Oh yeah. Big For time. Oh figures. yeah. Yeah. Me and the Pacific ocean. Like we yeah. bonded that summer. <laughs> and I think like pretty cool part of this story is I knew nothing about the sport of rowing, but someone like there was a talent ID camp or something. And I, I straight up emailed info at rowingcanada.com. A lot of people were like, Oh, how'd you accomplish that? How'd you do that? And I'm like, where there's a will, there's a way. If you want to accomplish something, figure it out, go and do it. It's a pretty crass I think like theory, but I think people in this world are either assets or pylons.
2: <laughs> I love that you just said that. That's like something <laughs> I would I really want to say that I refrain from that's so a thing.
1: No problem. <laughs> I agree with
2: that.
0: They,
1: we you should bring her on full time. Yeah you know, don't be a pylon, really. Be an asset to yourself, to other people around you. Just don't, who wants a, who wants a pylon in their life, you know? Nobody. No one. So anyway, who emails me back is someone that I actually knew and that he was a coach. I had met him at some other like Olympic event. And he said, Hey Georgia, come out to the rowing club or whatever. Like we'll put you through some tests. I did, long story short, I, you know, I ended up rowing for that summer, but I was new to ski cross and I also was trying to balance ski cross with rowing like a summer training of ski cross and by the end of the summer even though I was really excited a bit and like kind of passionate about what I was doing with rowing they were like we would love to keep you on and and further you know build on your your base that you have you have a long way to go but we want to keep working on it but you we need you full time like v- full 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 time and i said thanks but no thanks i'm still really really like loving this sport that i'm doing which was ski cross so i was a bit deflated i remember so did the next winter season did pretty well skiing then ended up shattering my wrist early on, towards the you know halfway through the season, January, halfway through the season, and so this idea of the Summer Olympics like never went away. So if it wasn't rowing, then what else is it going to be? As you know, Alex, we do a ton of bike testing for ski racing, probably a couple times a year. You're in the you're in the the lab, and you're you know you do various other f- physical tests, but by, the bike test is one of them, and. People kept on saying I had like a World Cup men' leg strength. Like this
2: is like power output testing.
1: And uh, like yeah. What well,
0: you you probably remember what? what yeah, they were, like yeah. you would you would have to hold like a certain wattage. I remember mm-hmm. at one point they would test your lactate yes. tests and you'd stuff. you'd get to six and then it would they'd say just go to yeah it. you'd you're have to done. hold it until
2: yeah,
1: yeah. uh
0: huh
2: yeah. so and you're like slowly ramping up uh-huh. and you would basically yeah, it's
0: called throw a ramp test. after every single oh, yeah. test absolutely absolutely we used to do it at the University of Calgary mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like Georgia can't come to lunch she's sick.
1: She's unwell. <laughs> like after. Yeah. Cause you pushed so hard that you threw up. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I did. <laughs> so anyway, I was uh but so we we had like a negative connotation to the sport of cycling. Like I don't think skiers really like have a joy, like like the idea of cycling and joy go hand in hand. They they don't because we relate them to this bike testing that we had to do. So I kind of put that aside and said. I guess I got to give it a go because people have told me that I had strong legs, which a lot of alpine skiers do. Once again, I email info at cyclingcanada.com <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. And sure enough, again, someone responds that I know, actually, he was a, a strength uh, coach who was doing some like freelance work with Cycling Canada at the time. And they were once again doing like a talent ID camp for track cyclists. And I was like, I know nothing about track cycling. I've never tried this sport in my life. Let's give it a go. So he's like, yeah, we'll get you on a plane to LA. There's a track down there. We're, we're doing a talent ID camp. And so uh, I went and uh, tried the sport of track cycling. You know, by the end of the five days, I clearly like was strong, but still knew nothing about the sport. Yeah. I mean, I think the rest is history. uh, Out of
2: curiosity, what did that email say?
1: Oh, shoot. If I, (laughs) I I don't know. I'm like a pretty bold, you know, confident person (laughs) in most aspects of my life. So it probably was like,
0: like, hey, I'm Georgia. You want me.
1: (laughs) Trust me, I'm about to make your life so much better. Trust me, you want me. No, I don't think that was the approach okay. I took. Maybe something like a little more, you know, PC, but yeah, it was probably like, I am I want to try out the sport. I'm interested. I'm a Olympic skier and, or, you know, two other sports of whatever although i'm like you know hopefully was a bit more eloquent than that but may i have strong love yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um and and he knew this guy i I forget his name but he he knew who i was so he probably was like yeah you probably should try it out in fact that was the sprinting national team was looking for up-and-comers so so in in cycling if uh, meredith this might might be a bit challenging for you Mm -hmm. but similar to alpine skiing Alpen skiing is kind of divvied up into two groups. There's tech and speed. Yeah. And tech is what Alex did. I did more speed. So speed consists of two events and tech consists of two events. There's like a little caveat with combined in there. Yeah. So tech is mm-hmm. slalom and GS and speed is super G and downhill. And so you can kind of relate that to track cycling where there's endurance and sprinting. So there's many events in both.
2: Kind of like speed skating.
1: Yeah, very similar. And yeah. and, you know, and track and field. Yeah. You know, track and field on, Yeah, r- running. So the sprinting team was looking for young bucks and up and comers. The endurance team was always already very successful. The yeah. women's team pursuit team was ranked like second or third in the world and they were not looking for anyone to join their team. After one or two camps of trying track cycling out, doing more of the sprinting technique like the events, I was like, "Ooh, I think I want to try that actually." And that was endurance. So, fast forward a- I don't know, like six months or something. I don't really remember. I was in Vancouver at the time and I had like a little community that I'd met. Again, I had like figured out to find a track bike. I'd figured out to find these crazy expensive disc wheels. I'd, I'd figured out a coach to train at the track, met a bunch of people. And I think another like message here really is a lot of people struggle to be humble and to be vulnerable. And a lot of athletes actually throughout the course of their career don't experience like something new for the first time at 24, I think I was, or 23. So I was like a total newbie. So like to learn from little 18 year olds or 17 year olds that had been doing the sport for many, many years, like it's challenging. Like it takes a lot of strength to just like put your ego aside, no one gives a crap if you've been to the Olympics in this other world, and it was a massive learning experience. So too, and I and I truly I loved it. And I remember calling up, like, who has the audacity to call up the national team coach and say, "Hey, Craig, my name's Georgia. I'd really like to make your team." And Craig's like, "Yeah, I've heard of you. There's absolutely no chance you're making my team." <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the endurance
1: team. Yeah, this, the, this is the team I wanted to be on. <laughs> it was the national team coach, like, you know, the Olympic team, like hopefully going to the Olympics. And I'm like, I just remember driving to the track and I was in such a, like a, an exciting kind of like pivotal moment of this like transition that I was doing. And I put all my eggs in one basket. That was another thing. Like I had committed to put skiing aside for this summer because I had learned my lesson the summer before I was trying to balance the two and it was too much. And had you been to the second Olympics in
0: 2014
1: yet? Or was this before? I had been. I think I had been. Yep. I had. Yes. I remember like tears started to like flow down my eyes and out of my face. And I was like, keep him talking there was like something in my head just that just told me keep, keep him talking and we you know we just started I, I, apparently I like to talk a lot so, <laughs> so so I just like we started kind of shoot the shit or whatever and, and I just I don't remember what that was about but the next thing he said is like you know what I like your attitude you ride an individual pursuit in three minutes and 44 seconds and call me back and I was like hell yeah Like I got something, like I got something that I can like hold on to and like call them back. Hopefully if I, you know, it's not a no, essentially, it's not a no. So I remember I get off the phone and I'm like, my emotions were like just through the gambit. I was like so pumped, you know, I was crying and then like excited. The next thing was like, okay, where there's a will, there's a way. Like let's figure out how to ride an individual pursuit in three minutes, 44 seconds. That time to me, like meant nothing. Like yeah. literally ignorance yeah. is bliss. You pull
0: over, uh, Google. Yeah, it's straight individual up, pursuit. Yeah. yeah
1: <laughs> literally. Well, so an individual pursuit is obviously like a solo ride around the track, which is three kilometers, a team pursuit, which is the team that he was he he coached, which was my goal to get on is with the women's team pursuit is, is a team of four women for four K. Okay. So he wanted to know my strength essentially individually before there was any other conversation. Yeah. I like figured out how to get to a track that could facilitate that time. And kind of crazy, there's there's only two indoor, like UCI, which is like the governing body of cycling globally. There's only two North American indoor regulated tracks. There's one in LA and one in Milton, Ontario. So I was training it at one that was 200 meters around in Burnaby, Vancouver. So I called up a friend that lived in LA and said, hey, buddy, I think I'm, I'm coming down. I, I got Can I crash at your place for a couple of weeks? He said, yeah, no problem. He lived in, uh, who doesn't want to go to Orange County for six weeks? <laughs> So I drove down there, packed my little car up. Six weeks later, I called Craig and I said, hey, Craig, I got the time. (laughs) Yeah, those six weeks were, you know, challenging, of course. And I had someone to read out lap times and help coach me. And I kind of had built a little community in LA and he was like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. You're you're serious about this. I fast-tracked I did one camp with the development team. I did some road cycling. I did some track meets outside, so sort of like some track competitions, track cycling competitions. He said, like, start to be comfortable with your bike, like work on your bike handling skills before I'm allowing you in the line with my team, essentially like to be a hazard with with girls in the national team. He's like, gain some bike handling skills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's critical. So I did. And I went to nationals later that year. I was like right underneath the girls in the national team. I had a meeting with him and he said, do a camp with the national team. I did that. And then he said, "Okay, you've made my team. But by no means is this me telling you that you're going to make it, that I'm going to select you for a World Cup, which is there's like four or four or five World Cups per season. Those are world champs. And then there was the Olympics like in six months from that conversation. And I said, Okay. And I just was like so hungry. He had said yes. I was on the team. I did get selected for one World Cup. I did get selected for one world championships and I had done nationals. So in my fourth ever race, I was selected for the Olympic games and we won bronze.
0: That's insane. <laughs> I know. That is awesome. I actually didn't know that story. It's pretty wild. It's pretty dang wild. <laughs> Who says I'm going to go to the summer Olympics when they're, what did you say? 24? No, it was like
1: 22 or three. No, and you just... 23 or four. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was 24 because I was like 26 I think by the when in Rio.
2: That's really incredible. <laughs> and I'm just struggling to find the words.
1: It's a very long, sorry for the monologue. There's like a, no, there's
2: a lot
0: of that's detail a good, there that that's I can I remember. I think it's a, like to sum it up, like just, Figure yeah, it out. Figure it out. Like, figure it really out. You want, want to do something?
1: something. Figure it out and you 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 for sure need like your art like your support system from people around you you know your your family if if that is your support system, your friend's like a community, but at the end of the day, who needs to believe in that goal is you without fail, like without stop yeah
0: it's not like you picked a sport that you were like. I'm going to do gymnastics. Exactly. You, fought, yeah, you yeah, found yeah, something yeah, yeah. that you like, you're like, okay, I, I have the potential for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, like fact, you did yeah. with ro- like rowing mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. then also now, and then with biking, mm-hmm. like that helps as well. It's not like, like you were
1: just yeah, randomly. Fa- for sure. Factually at 24 years old, there are very few, well, depending on the, the, the athlete, but there are very few sports that you can just pick up and try. You know, bobsled, that, that's a sport that there are much later entries to the sport. Cycling for sure, Uh, track cycling and road cycling. Rowing is also one of them, and even cross country skiing, kind of like a little bit. But there are not that many. Gymnastics, hockey, soccer, not those sports. Don't pick them. Yeah, you will fail. Yeah, like those are yeah. So it's like within the realm of what you're capable of accomplishing. Yeah, for sure.
2: uh Yeah bobsled gets a lot of crossfitters mm-hmm, for sure power sports right yeah you see that a
1: lot but so bobsled gets okay yeah
2: yeah there's a book by angela duckworth it's called grit and i mm-hmm. if you ever want to read a book that's like about you <laughs> read that one <laughs> but her, her research is really it's she's just basically done like her life's work on this character trait of grit and what makes yep. people in a lot of different endeavors successful versus what makes people unsuccessful. Interesting. And one of her things she says in the pursuit of anything, but especially athletics, effort counts twice. And so okay. she says, when you have potential and you have talent, it takes effort to develop the skill. And then it takes effort again to turn that skill into achievement.
0: Well, I think I do want to read it. Shit. It speaks to your experience getting on the national team for team pursuit, but it right. also speaks to you overcoming all of these injuries. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, like when you're faced with adversity, you're like, I don't even think. You did you at up? once think, like, oh, should I quit? Or were you just like tunnel no. vision, like, got to no. get back, like, yeah. do what it takes? So, like,
1: no, I, I never ever thought. I will quit ever. And, I, and I'm, or, or any, or even like a nicer way of saying that to myself, like I'm going to move on or you do something else. No, never. Yeah. W- what what I will say is there were for sure really, really hard times. You know, I remember FaceTiming Steph many times, literally just like bawling and FaceTiming her. So, so she would just like, what a way to answer a call. Right. She would just like, <laughs> a, a, like pick it up and, and I'm just bawling.
0: Like. Better than calling and then not being able to talk because <laughs> you're crying so hard. And they're like, <laughs> hello 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 Alex she just and it's like is everything okay (laughs) and then all you hear is (laughs) yeah
1: I would just be bawling but on the flip side of that is she would make me smile very quickly like a couple minutes honestly tops and then so there was just like there was a lot of freaking roller coasters like a lot of ups and downs but I mean having her was like through that specific injury like my my legs was was something yeah I, I don't know on I really don't know how I would have done it without her as well as having cycling at the end of the tunnel like the, to be my light at the end of the tunnel because skiing was done I was always planning on retiring after 2018 so I broke both legs like three weeks before what would have been my fourth Olympic Games in 2018 in Pyeongchang. and inevitably watched my two teammates win gold and silver. That was a tough one to swallow even though I love them dearly. Yeah, so my mind instantly switched to okay, we're we're rehabbing this for cycling. So it's, what happened with your leg? So you crashed ski cross.
0: I in crashed the last in, race.
1: Yep, I I just like spiral fractured my left tibia and fibula and then cracked the top of my tibia plateau in my right leg. And then tore every single ligament, also in my left knee, the, which was the the spiral fracture. And I, so I was in the hospital for like one afternoon. The nurses are like, "So yeah, so yeah, you're gonna be here for a while." And I'm like, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, you're you need to be able to get up into a wheelchair." And I'm like, "Can I try to walk?" And they're like, mm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> "That surgery they did my legs. They were gonna wait a couple of weeks for the swelling to go down in my knee in order to then do the." So they the like knee like bones
0: first, then exactly. ligaments. Exactly. So and you had a plate put in.
1: I, oh yeah, I had a rod. Yeah, many screws, screws. Yeah, Yeah. in both legs. So I come to and and I'm like, can I try? And they said, uh, we're okay, okay, sure. We're gonna come back in 30 minutes. And I'm like, great, okay. So I I sit up after surgery. I like you know have some water or whatever. I sit up and I'm like, oh shit, I'm a bit woozy, <laughs> as, as you are. Yeah. And my mom is like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Steph is like, gee, like, just come on, like spend a night. I'm like, no. And I'm like, give me my crutches. And I take the crutch, they, they come back and they're like, okay, let's see how this goes. And I take my crutches and they're like, you need to go up off your bed, out in the hall, down the hallway, up the stairs, down the stairs, back to your room in order for us to release you. And I did it. I was like, okay, let's go. So, how two broken legs? So, how I, did you do that with okay, two crutches? Uh, Were clearly, you balancing? No, no, no. So, I actually was able to put weight on my one leg. Okay. So, okay. So, on, and, and I don't know how, but I was able to do that. And in talking to my physio that I spent many, uh, many, many hours with, yes. Damien Moroni, bless his soul, he had said in some cases, a tibia plateau is really 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 tricky to come back from like it can be really bad and in some cases you can also feel no pain okay like it's really odd so i first felt felt some pain but i was like i'm getting the fuck out of here yeah Yeah. and i did full cast like no 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 i was in was i in a boot oh my god i don't remember no because i they had metal in me i I was was you're good to go oh no literally nothing okay nothing you're just, you're, you're pinned. You're good to go. It's like the way, the new, the new way, you know, it's like, yeah, like shattering this wrist. I I was in just like one of those soft things that I could take off because you're, you're, uh, reinforced. Yeah. yeah you're, that you're that reinforced. Sense, okay. Yeah. i obviously don't like going, you know, yeah. whatever, play tennis. But I mean, I remember that night I was like, Steph, I need to shower. And so she had to like, I would get on my crutches, and she had to like basically like hold me, put one hand in front of my chest and one hand behind, it and like make sure I wouldn't because my fore aft was not good, yeah. <laughs> my balance. <laughs> so she had to be, like steady, so I couldn't like fall back. And then getting to a tub, I had to put like one leg because I couldn't keep my leg down, like literally, like I was my leg had to be on a table at all time. Like this one was fine, but this one was like so painful. And so I to so I would sit on the edge of a tub. I got a chair. I think to put my leg up and then I would like do a massive core exercise to go back and put my head all the way back. So then I was vertical and then I would like wash my hair and she's like kind of holding like my (laughs) towel. Like it was a situation. (laughs) It was wild, but yeah, like moments that you need someone to support. Literally that was her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. It was hard for her. I mean, it's hard. Those times are really hard for those people as well. And like you forget that because you're the one that's in pain and you're the one that's injured. And but the, the support system is really, really, really critical.
0: Yeah. There was one time this summer or this winter when I thought Meredith had crashed skiing. We had separated on a, a run that was she pretty treacherous. Had. And I was like, oh my God. I'm at the bottom thinking like, and I know, of course I'm like worried about her for mm-hmm. her, but I'm also like, I am not a good caretaker. Oh
1: my
0: God. I and who's gonna cook? <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. DoorDash. DoorDash is going to work. Let's get the first sponsor, DoorDash. Yeah. To wrap this
0: one up, part one, let's just touch quickly on what you're doing now. So you've kind of got two main things
1: yeah so oh time I I take so long to answer questions after retirement I knew I wanted to stay in the world of sports more from the business lens though not like coaching that just wasn't for me and so I saw a massive gap in the Canadian sports landscape I quickly started the first female led female founded sports agency in Canada so I represent athletes all with somewhat of like an Olympic focus that's the world I know so I have like a, a all female eight athlete roster from summer, winter Paralympian, Paralympic athletes, able-bodied athletes, coast to coast. So I'm essentially their like you know their brokerage to get it. I take a couple points on on a marketing deal that that I bring in for them. I earn what I bring in. And yeah, it's a very much a challenging world. Canadian sports system is is tricky. We try to compare ourselves to our Southern counterparts and that's a really terrible mistake because we're like less than a 10th of their marketing dollars and people and all that. Is that accurate in terms of people? Yeah. It's got to yeah, yeah. be. Yeah, for sure. Sports marketing for sure. So I've done that for about a year and a half ever since retirement. And then I've also been working for the best like seven or eight months with a business called Project 8. Project 8 is making history in Canada by bringing the first ever women's sports league of any kind to our country. So kind of crazy that we're saying that, that that's a fact. Hockey, unfortunately, has tried. They are going through their own kind of trials and tribulations. So we are bringing a professional domestic Canadian women's soccer league. We're bringing in premium, or it will be a premium product in terms of the sponsors that are already behind us from from a league standpoint, as well as top talent from around the world. So top football players, football, soccer, female soccer players are wanting to play in our league. So super exciting. That's That's really cool. Awesome. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So what makes it different than the, so the women's hockey league, which I don't know, they they had a different, maybe the professional women's hockey league. We know some people in that. Yep. So how's it, is that just because it crosses border with the U S like what makes? Yes.
1: Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately some of their salaries are not considered. Oh, no. Yeah, they're, they're just not getting paid it's as much as they should be. Exactly. But
2: most people have another job. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. We, that is not the case of our league. We will be paying a minimum salary comparable to any other women's soccer league around the world. That's amazing. Yeah. We are excited to bring this kind of bring this Product to life and give Canadian fans what they want because they've been cheering on our women's soccer team for decades and they get these you know highs every four years of the Olympics and and the World Cup. But I think the appetite is there, the fans are there, they're they're ready. And soccer is you know it's the most popular sport in the world. Like there are soccer fans. And the other thing to note is like there we Canada has a third largest talent player pool in the world. So women's soccer players, there's over 110 Canadian. Women playing professionally over, overseas. So we're going to draw at least half of that talent back to our league. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. So you stay busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other day we went for running. You're like, I just had a meeting with a guy from Amazon. I'm like, damn. <laughs> guy from Amazon. I
2: thought we were big, Yeah. We were big deals,
0: Alex. I, I just ordered meeting. something from Amazon. I don't. Oh my God. Does that does that is that the same? I'm
2: in a meeting with a guy from Amazon. And I don't mean a meeting with the delivery guy from Amazon. No, that's really cool. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's very exciting. I'm I'm very yeah, lucky and honored to be a part of this super exciting team. I'm sure I clearly have a tie to women's soccer, obviously who my partner is, and it's something that I'm very passionate about.
2: Yeah. If your athletic career is any indication of where this is headed. Yeah, you'll just figure it
1: out. Yeah, I'm in charge of bringing partnerships to the league. So, league title sponsors. And yeah. uh, let's just say it's going pretty well.
0: Yeah. I'm not You're good at vouching for what you believe in. I, yeah, That's I, for I, sure. I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so we'll wrap up part one. If people want to find you on Instagram in the meantime, if they haven't already found you on Wikipedia, and then through that, what's your handle? Where can they find you if they want to follow along with your
1: new endeavors and learn more about you? That's so kind of you. My personal Instagram, I just had to double check here, is G Simmerling, which is my last name. So S-I-M-M-E-R-L-I-N-G, phonetical, G Simmerling. And then AG, my business, has its own account. And I believe that's Team AG Sports. Okay. Yeah, that's us. Awesome. Cool. We'll catch you at part two. Thanks, guys.